Welcome to the Infertility Stress Podcast, where we talk about how to care for your mind and your nervous system during your fertility treatment process so you can reduce your stress and anxiety and prevent fertility-related burnout. I'm Michelle Kapler, fertility-focused acupuncturist and Chinese medicine practitioner, board-certified reproductive specialist and feminist mindset coach, and you've got episode 59. Hello, hello, my friends. It's September. I know I get on here and I talk about the weather almost every episode, but I live in Canada, so there's always something to talk about. Last weekend, we had this really interesting change of seasons that seemed to happen in real time instantly. So on Saturday, it was 32 degrees, which I'm so sorry for my American friends. I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit, but it was super, super hot. And then the next day we woke up and it was 12 degrees and it was like it went from burning hot summer to cool fall right away, literally overnight. And we had this really fun day where we put on cozy sweaters and long pants and went into our forest and finally weren't bothered by the clouds and clouds of mosquitoes. And we foraged for mushrooms and came home and made a delicious dinner with what we found. So that's what I've been up to. I always love a change of seasons. It feels like a renewal of sorts. And I think it's kind of interesting to see how our lives are in alignment with that change. So that's a little bit about me. Today, I want to talk about acupuncture, specifically in the context of using it during your fertility treatments. Acupuncture is one of the loves of my life. I've been practicing as an acupuncturist, as you probably know, for over 12 years in a clinical setting. And I've been focused exclusively on reproductive endocrinology, and uh, other types of gynecology through my whole career. And it has been an incredibly rewarding journey. But it's so interesting that I talk to people all the time and I hear over and over and over again, oh, I've heard acupuncture, I've heard it's good for this, I've heard it's good for that, but I don't know, needles, I'm not sure about that, tell me more. So I thought I would be remiss if I didn't do an episode on the ins and outs of using acupuncture for fertility treatments. So I first want to start with a little bit of a caveat before we get into the actual meat of the episode, so to speak. And it's a caveat that I give often, especially when I talk on other people's podcasts. It's that acupuncture is just one of many tools that are available to you during your fertility treatment process. And what I don't want is for you to walk away from today's episode thinking that you have one more thing to add to your list of things that you need to do during your fertility treatment process in order to get the outcome that you desire. If acupuncture is accessible to you, affordable to you, doable to you, something that appeals to you and resonates with you, it is definitely something that you should do, but is certainly not a must in order to create the medical results that you're looking to get out of your fertility treatment process. So I just want to say that caveat because the last thing I want is for somebody to listen to this episode and think, oh, great. Now I have to add acupuncture to the list of all the things that I'm already doing in order to try to build my family. 
So I just want you to come into this episode thinking of it as an option for you and maybe something that you want to learn more about and perhaps put into your routine as you're going through this process. So the first question that I often get is, what is acupuncture? So we're going to go back to basic 101 for this question. And so acupuncture is part of a larger system of medicine called traditional Chinese medicine. And traditional Chinese medicine is a system of medicine that has been around for thousands of years and has been taught and handed down through many lineages and different ways of thinking about medicine and treatment and nature and how we relate to all of that as humans for many, many, many years. And the modalities, the methods of treatment that are included in traditional Chinese medicine are acupuncture, of course. And then we have herbal medicine, which is something that I also offer my clinical patients if they want to add that to their routine. It also encompasses some dietary recommendations and guidelines, which are super interesting because TCM or traditional Chinese medicine is really into aligning with the seasons and the environment. And of course, even though we live in an agrarian society where we have things that we can grow and then we have access to produce, for example, from all over the world, traditional Chinese medicine still encourages people to eat within the seasons and what's locally available and what can apply to your unique constitution. And what I really love about that and the medicine as a whole is that it doesn't just take one blanket recommendation and say, everybody do this. It'll work for everybody. It actually incorporates an individual kind of plan of recommendations for what people should do. And so the eating and the nutrition part of this is also a huge indicator of that. And I think it's really useful to say, yeah, you, you, these two people beside each other might be experiencing the same medical condition, but they might have completely different reasons for needing treatment. And let's look at those reasons. And those reasons might correspond to a completely different set of recommendations. And nutrition as a part of the system of medicine is not exempt from that. So I love that. And then there's also different modalities that are more along the lines of body work within TCM, which include massage or tuena, Um, There is cupping, which has been made popular by certain Olympic athletes in the last couple of years. And then there's also cupping. Um, There is gua sha, which is a scraping of the skin. There's lots of different other modalities as well. But what I mostly focus on in my clinical practice is the acupuncture itself and then the herbal medicine too. So acupuncture itself and we're going to get super basic 101 here, is the insertion of hair-thin needles at different points on the body that are corresponding to certain points on what traditional Chinese medicine refers to as meridians or energy channels. And in Western physiology, we would simply refer to that as stimulating the nervous system to get the physiological response that we're looking for. And typically during an acupuncture treatment, your acupuncturist will come up with a diagnosis and then put corresponding needles in place in your body in order to facilitate the kind of change that you're looking for. 
So that has a wide range of applications. So it can be anything from pain relief, which is something that acupuncture is known for in a fairly big way because it's been so well researched. Um, you know, migraines, back injuries, knee pain, tennis elbow. Acupuncture is pretty classically known as a reliable um, modality of treatment to use in those cases. But it can also be used for a wide variety of different conditions as well. I have colleagues who specialize in dermatology. I have colleagues who use acupuncture for facial rejuvenation and cosmetic treatments. I have colleagues who specialize in treating eye disorders and things like Bell's palsy and nerve damage. I have colleagues who use acupuncture for digestive concerns. There are so many things that acupuncture can treat. But in my career, I've chosen to focus specifically on fertility and gynecology and learning more deeply about how acupuncture applies in that setting. So that brings me to the next question that I'm commonly asked, which is how does acupuncture help with fertility exactly and conception and then carrying to term? In the context of using acupuncture for fertility, there are a lot of different ways that we can influence the way that things are going, but I want to speak specifically to using acupuncture in the fertility treatment process. I would say that the majority of my listeners and clinical patients are using some kind of medical treatment along with their acupuncture and what they're looking to use it for. And so it doesn't change too much in terms of what we're looking to do. But in that case, an acupuncturist or a traditional Chinese medicine practitioner is actually taking more of a role of an allied health professional and the medical doctor that's providing the IVF or the IUI or the medicated cycles or the cycle monitoring or whatever you're doing with your fertility clinic is your primary care provider. And then the acupuncturist is the allied health professional to provide support along that process. So to specifically speak to what acupuncture can do to help with fertility and conception, there are kind of three main things that we look to accomplish during a IVF cycle, for example, and, and really any kind of treatment process that somebody might be doing with their fertility clinic. So the first thing, which is something that's been well established in research, is to improve pelvic blood flow. And the reason why we want to improve pelvic blood flow is a couple of things. The first one really to do with egg quality, follicle growth, and ovulation. As you can imagine, if you're creating more pelvic blood flow to the area, it means that your blood supply is bringing extra oxygen and nutrients to your growing follicles and eggs, which as I'm sure you can imagine is beneficial. And then also it helps with perfusing the uterine lining. Um, it also helps with hormone detox and balance in the area. And then just making sure that if you do achieve a pregnancy, that it is well perfused with blood to help the growing pregnancy and the fetus thereafter. So that's the first thing that we're looking to accomplish. So the second thing that we look to accomplish with acupuncture let's say during an IVF cycle, is that we're looking to balance and regulate the nervous system. Acupuncture is incredibly effective at doing this, and it becomes important for a couple of things. First of all, when your nervous system is balanced and working, your stress hormones are better balanced, and hormones are not an exclusive encapsulation. All hormones affect other hormones, so if your stress hormones are out of balance, theoretically, your sex hormones would also be out of balance, and so it's important to keep that in mind. 
also from a quality of life perspective, we want to try to reduce stress and give your nervous system a break on a regular basis when you're going through something like an IVF cycle or just the fertility treatment process in general can be super stressful for a lot of reasons. And so having that stress relief and that nervous system balance can be really, really great as well. And then the third thing that we're looking to accomplish is just to help with any pain and side effects that you might be going through. So let's say that you're on injectable gonadotrophin medications in your IVF cycle, and maybe you're getting hot flashes or mood swings or insomnia or diarrhea or any number of things that can be caused by that medication. A lot of people get headaches and pain and tension. And what we can do with acupuncture is to treat any of those side effects and if not eliminate them entirely, at least make them a little bit more tolerable. So in that case, we would be looking on a case-by-case basis from day to day, seeing what the person needs when they come into clinic and then treating them accordingly. So those are the three things that we're looking to accomplish. Of course, if other things come up along the way, we can include that in the treatment as well. I've had plenty of people come in during their IVF cycle saying, yeah, I've got this back pain that's going on and I don't know what's causing it. And I'm like, yeah, no problem. We can totally treat that at the same time. Not a problem. So I mentioned earlier that acupuncture helps to regulate the stress and the nervous system response to that stress. And I want to go a little bit more deeply into that so you can understand. So acupuncture points are essentially believed to stimulate the central nervous system. And this in turn releases chemicals into the muscles, the spinal cord, and the brain. And these biochemical changes can stimulate the body's natural healing abilities and promote physical and emotional well-being. So for example, one of the neurotransmitters that people might be familiar with is the serotonin, which is one of those delicious feel-good neurotransmitters. And people can get that release of neurotransmitters in other ways that can produce that feeling of relaxation or relief. So acupuncture isn't the only way to do this. There are other things that you can do to get the same response like thought work or coaching or meditation that can help tremendously with this because we're actually changing our thoughts, which can cause a change in our physiology. But acupuncture is really special because it's an example of how we can passively do this. You just show up and lie down on the table and somebody puts needles in your body, and then it just happens while you're taking a nap. Whereas many of the more active ways of achieving this, so thought work, coaching, mindfulness, therapy, meditation, they all require effort to get the same effect, which is why it's kind of cool to do acupuncture. And I do actively encourage people to do both. So they have that mindset work or that mindfulness that they're working on to improve their brain impulses and the way that they're thinking. And then they also had this passive way of just coming to the clinic, laying down, having a treatment, and then getting up off the table and feeling totally relaxed and in a very different place in relation to the nervous system. So another question that I very commonly get is how often do people need to come for treatment? So of course, (laughs) this podcast should not be taken as medical advice or substitute for any kind of treatment or recommendation from a qualified practitioner. This is for informational purposes only. But what I typically tell people just in general, so let's say somebody writes me an email and I've never seen them before and they're just like, how often will I need to come? What I'll say to them is, generally speaking, if you come for acupuncture once a week, that should cover all your bases. Now... (laughs) 
there's a couple of different reactions that I get. Some people are like, well, shouldn't I be coming more? I saw this other acupuncturist that said I need to come three times a week. And the truth is that there might be cases in which that is necessary. And this is why it's so beautiful that we can use acupuncture as an individual solution to get individual results. So yeah, it might be true that somebody might need to come a little bit more often. So for example, I see a lot of people who are doing frozen embryo transfer cycles and sometimes their doctors do ultrasounds and give them the feedback that the lining isn't growing as quickly as they would like, or it's not reaching that trilaminar pattern that they're looking to see. It hasn't reached the eight millimeter threshold that they like to reach before they'll actually do an embryo transfer. And if this is the case, doing acupuncture with electrostim, which is where we attach little electrodes to the needles while they're in the belly to get an even bigger perfusion of blood flow to the area has actually been shown in research to be an incredibly effective way of getting better lining growth. And in that case, if somebody has been struggling in that way, we do typically recommend that they come twice a week for treatments instead of once a week. And then for some people, I'll say, yeah, you need to come once a week in order to get the desired results. And they'll just say, oh, that's a lot. And it may be the case for you that acupuncture once a week maybe isn't accessible or maybe isn't affordable, or maybe you just don't want to come every week. Those are all valid reasons to include in your treatment plan. And so my rule of thumb is that some acupuncture is usually better than no acupuncture. And if you can't come every week, it doesn't mean you shouldn't come at all. If you come, you are going to get benefit from your treatment, but this should be an individual conversation that you have with your practitioner. Once a week is ideal, but if accessibility or affordability is a problem for you, then you can talk to your acupuncturist about different options. Maybe a referral to a student clinic to make it more affordable. Maybe a referral to a practitioner that's closer to you that you can easily get to. And maybe you just try it and you don't like it. And that's totally fine too. But in general, people would need to come about once a week to get the results that they're looking for. So a question that I don't necessarily get commonly from people who are inquiring about acupuncture, but I know is definitely on a lot of people's minds as they're going through the treatment process is, how do I know that the treatments are working? Which is kind of a tricky question because acupuncture for fertility doesn't have a super tangible effect. And what I mean by that is, let's say you go to an acupuncturist and you're looking to treat a tennis elbow or some kind of back injury. You would expect to go for the treatment and then have the treatment and then get off the treatment table and feel different. You would expect your pain to be at least reduced by a certain percentage every time you come for treatment. And that is how you know that acupuncture is an appropriate modality for your pain or your injury. Now, it's really tough with fertility acupuncture because pregnancy is pretty black and white. You're either pregnant or you're not. But just because you're not pregnant after, let's say, five treatments, it doesn't necessarily mean that the treatments aren't working. And so a qualified practitioner who is well-trained and who knows what they're doing will be able to look at other things happening in your physiology to know and gauge if you're getting good results for the treatment. So I can't speak for other practitioners, but for myself, some of the things that I look for as signs that things are going in the right direction are things like, the biggest one is changes in the menstrual cycle. So we look for people to 
get a, get more regular. We look for people to experience less pain and discomfort during their period. We look for reduced PMS symptoms. We look for maybe a reduction in the size of the clots of their flow or a change in the color of their flow. We can also use labs to gauge if our treatments are working because if you're already going for blood work and ultrasound, you're getting that feedback every time you go. So for example, I commonly work with people who have high FSH or follicular stimulation hormone. And we can actually see through the months that they can get a reduction in that FSH with continued treatment. So there are a bunch of ways that we can gauge whether or not the treatments are working without actually knowing if you're pregnant or you're not. And a good practitioner should be able to go back through your notes and let you know what kind of results that you're getting. So for example, if my patient comes in and they've been working with me for a couple of months, I'll go back and say, yeah, last time when you first came in, you were telling me that your PMS was really bad, that your mood swings were a 10 out of 10, that your pain on your first day of flow, you needed three doses of extra strength Advil, and that you were having diarrhea on the first five days of your period. And now three months later, your mood swings are a five out of 10, your pain is a three out of 10, because you only need one dose of Advil, and then maybe the diarrhea has completely gone. So a good practitioner should be able to go through and let you know the kind of progress that you're making. Or conversely, they'll be able to recognize if maybe the treatment isn't working for you because that is a reality. There isn't any one treatment, whether it's acupuncture or clinical treatments like medications or procedures or surgery or any other modality for that matter that will universally work for everybody who tries it. So it's important to also know, well, how will we know if acupuncture isn't the right treatment for you? So when you're working with a practitioner, you want to be able to ask that question. Another question that I very commonly get when it comes to people seeking acupuncture is, is acupuncture safe if I'm doing medical treatments with a fertility clinic such as IVF or IUI? And the answer is varied. Of course, I'm only speaking in the context of being licensed in a place where you can have an acupuncture licensed. Many Canadian provinces or American states or other places in the world actually do require acupuncturists to have a license to practice, which means that they need to pass a certain level of qualification in order to get that license. A lot of the time they have to pass a practical and a written exam and they have to report to a regulatory body on a regular basis to maintain their license. They go through quality assurance, uh, checks and balances, and they have to maintain a certain level of continuing education. And if you live and are seeking treatment in one of those places that has a governing body, theoretically speaking, anybody that you seek acupuncture treatments from should be able to do so safely. But I will also say that if you are somebody who is using medical treatments, which involve medications and procedures and things that you're doing with your clinic, it is important to seek somebody who has experience using acupuncture. And especially if you're using herbs in conjunction, that they know how the treatments will interact with the medications that you're on, with the treatments that you're doing, because the last thing that you want to do is to be getting treatments from somebody who could potentially negate or even cause harm with the treatments that you're doing with your clinic. A really great way to know if this is the case, well, there are a couple of ways. 
there are certain jurisdictions where there is a regulatory specialized body that you can find a practitioner on their directory. And the ABORM is one that's pretty well known. I'm a fellow of the ABORM, which is the American Board of Acupuncture and Traditional Chinese Medicine uh, Practitioners. And they offer certification and regulation to practitioners who want to be subspecialized in fertility and reproductive practice. And so in order to become a fellow of that board, you have to write a giant exam (laughs) demonstrating your ability to understand the medical side of things, the drugs that fertility patients might be on, all the procedures, how the different medications might interact with the work that you're doing. And then also you have to be able to pass an exam to demonstrate your deep understanding of how it works from a Chinese medicine perspective as well. If there aren't any ABORM fellows in your area, then your best bet is just to have a conversation with a practitioner before you get involved with treatments. And a couple of questions that you might ask them are things like, have you treated my condition before? Have you worked with people and had clinical success with people with my condition? Have you worked with people who are doing treatments? Have you worked with people uh, who have been on the medications that I'm planning to be on? What is your history with working with fertility and gynecology specifically? You kind of want to find somebody who has experience Theoretically speaking, if you have an acupuncture license, you should be able to practice and give somebody at the bottom line a safe treatment, but it's also a bonus to know that your practitioner has had experience and success in treating people just like you in the past. Okay, so there you have it. That is essentially Acupuncture 101. Those are the most frequently asked questions that I get as a specialized practitioner, But if there are any questions that I have not answered that you are wondering about, I want to encourage you to reach out to me and I will answer them on either future episodes or in my social media. The best place to get in touch with me is to find me on Instagram at Michelle Kapler and you can send me a direct message. Also, if you want help finding a practitioner in your area, you're welcome to reach out to my team and we would happily help you find somebody if we're able to do that. All right, my friends, that's it for me this week. I'll be back next week with another episode. Until then, you've got this. If you are loving what you're learning in the podcast, then you've got to check out the Pineapple Collective. It's my monthly group coaching membership where we take this work to the next level so you can learn to manage your mind and actually rewire your brain to reduce stress and anxiety and avoid emotional and mental burnout during your fertility treatment process. Head to michellecapo.com forward slash pineapple to sign up today. I can't wait to see you there.